pass on the day that Moses had fully set up the tabernacle and had anointed it and sanctified it and all the instruments thereof, both the altar and all the vessels thereof and had anointed them and sanctified them that the princes of Israel, heads of the house of their fathers, who were the princes of the tribes and were over them that were numbered, offered. And they brought their offering before the Lord, six covered wagons, 12 oxen, and an, a wagon for two of the princes, and for each one an ox. And they brought them before the tabernacle, 12 princes in Israel, one wagon for two princes, one ox for each prince. So each wagon had two oxen. Look what it said in verse 4. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, verse 5, Take it of them, that they may be to do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. Thou shalt give them unto the Levites, to every man according to his service. And Moses took the wagons and the oxen and gave them unto the Levites. And two wagons and four oxen he gave unto the sons of Gershon according to their service, and four wagons and eight oxen, he gave unto the sons of Merari, Merari, according unto their service, under the hand of Ithmar, the son of Aaron the priest. But unto the sons of Kohath he gave none, because the service of the sanctuary belonging unto them was that they should bear it or bear upon their shoulders. You can be seated. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. I want to pray, Lord, that you'd help me, Lord. I, I pray, uh, Lord, that, <laughs> woo, that folks would get some uh, encouragement and help as I did. And, and Lord, I pray, I know, I feel uh, with all my heart, this is the only thought. This is where you have us to be right here. Lord, and studying everything else we were studying this week, you shut everything off and, Lord, put this in the viewfinder. I pray that, Lord, you would allow our hearts to be helped today, save the souls that are lost, touch the saints. God, help us to get, get down in there where we at in all that we believe about that gospel, that gospel complete divine. Thank God laid out truth. I, I pray, God, that you would help us for your glory and that someone would leave, Lord, having been stirred forevermore. We love you. We pray you'd help the saints stir the sinner and save them by your grace. We love you in Jesus' name. We bow before you. Hide us behind the cross and preach your word through us. Amen. If the Lord would help us for a little while, I want to preach on this, on this uh, number uh, seven as it relates to Christ. Uh, but I, I, I believe in the Bible. The Bible says that in the volume of the book, it is written of me. I, the Bible tells us in the book of John that the world couldn't hold all the books if, we, if they had written down everything that Jesus did that the world couldn't hold the books to write it down. Everything about this world and this universe, everything that we are, everything that's going on, even in our day, it has a center on Christ. It's all about Him. The completion, the divine fulfillment, this everything that we need centers on Him. Let me say, 
this in Numbers chapter number 7 uh, just briefly by way of introduction you'll notice that the sons of Kohath uh, were not given a wagon and they were not given oxen it was their responsibility uh, to carry the ark on the shoulders uh, God never did he never did intend for he, the thing that represents him represents his presence to be toted by animals uh, hey man you and I are supposed to lift up Christ in our life and with our life on our shoulders exalting him. Amen. God uses man kind and that reminds us of why God judged down there at Uzzah uh, when he reached his hand. And, and, and so everybody that has anything to do with the tabernacle, that one place of worship, uh, you could not worship without those instruments. You could not do, you could not uh, have the the uh, candelabra, the table of showbread. You, there was no altar of incense uh, without it being toted on these wagons. Every time the tabernacle moved, they had to be packed up and away on these wagons. Here's what I'm saying. All in the Bible, he tells us in the scriptures in number seven, while I was reading through my daily uh, reading in the Bible, I came across verse number three. And verse number three says that they brought their offering before the Lord. Now, I'm going to tell you, it blew my mind when I realized that Numbers chapter seven is the longest chapter in the Bible outside of Psalms 119. Numbers chapter number seven is the longest chapter as far as I know. For everything that I studied said the same thing. It has 89 verses. What is so important that God put the longest chapter outside of the chapter dealing with the word of God? What is so important? Because he's written down meticulously. Everybody that gave a free will offering. God so is so over, he's so interested in your giving to the ministry and he's so interested in people's giving. He wrote down everybody's free will offering, everything that everybody did, everything that everybody received is recorded in chapter seven. He took more time to write down about your giving and about the people of God's giving than he, hey, than he did any other thing outside of the word of God. Hey, I'm simply saying today, God is interested in our cheerful giver. Say amen right there. He loves a cheerful giver. Now in this chapter that is dealing about the cheerful giving of God's people, I'm thinking about Christ. Because the Bible said that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The greatest giver on, on, in the world and the universe is the Lord. He laid down his life and he gave his life. The Bible said in the book of Galatians, he gave himself for me. I'm glad he gave himself for us, but I'm glad he gave himself for me. Now, in this chapter, 
chapter that's talking about the cheerful giver and we see Christ just pictured in the chapter. What, what stuck out to me in verse 3 were they were six wagons. That's odd. Six is the number of man. Seven is the complete number. Seven is a divine number. Without seven all through the Bible, it was six days that he made uh, the world on the seventh day. He rested. I'll get there in a minute. But here in, in number seven, it seemed odd that they only had six wagons. Well, can I submit to you today that these six wagons was what was needed to handle the load, to carry the load, and to provide everything necessary that we could worship God. I'm glad Jesus is the seventh wagon. Amen. And he can carry your load today. Woo! Amen. And he provides everything in himself. Amen. Thank God he provides everything so you can pray. Hebrews 10, 19 and 20, having therefore brethren boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil. We go through the veil. That is to say, his flesh. I'm telling you uh, that Jesus provides everything. Uh, hey, Muhammad, don't. Confucius, don't. You don't. Hey, I can't muster it up. Your membership, don't do it. Baptism, don't do it. But Jesus is the wagon that can carry your load. Uh, he is that completion of the wagons. Hey, man, uh, he can handle anything you put on him. He said, cast all your care on me. I put it all on me. I can handle it, amen. I'm so glad he can handle my load, brother. Thank God, but not only that, he provides the means necessary. He provides the way necessary. He is the truth and the way and the life. And if it were not for that, none of us would have a chance to worship God. It don't matter where you move in the wilderness. It don't matter where you move. You had to have them things to worship God. And it don't matter where you go in this world. It don't matter if you get on that rocket ship that was made by Elon Musk and the NASA and ride up to the International Space Station. Hey, I'm telling you, if it wasn't for the grace of God, hey, you couldn't go nowhere. It's only God. It's Him. He's the way maker, I say amen. And I thought about how, how He is that completion, that seventh wagon. And then my mind started saying, well, if that's so in just the wagons, it's got to be so in everything. And so I got to thinking about that brought my mind to those six cities of refuge. And I got to studying about those six cities of refuge. And, and uh, I hope I'm putting everything in your mind. I hope when y'all get back to the house, hey, man, you've got to study everything I, I'm trying to put on you because it's been on me, and I'm ready to get it off on me and put it on y'all. And I got to thinking about them seven, uh, them six cities of refuge. Uh, and and y'all know that crowd. Y'all know that crowd uh, that didn't go over to Canaan. Y'all remember who they were? And uh, that, that one of them, one of them was the ancestors of the madman of Gadarene. Y'all remember that? I mean, he, he is real. He, he can trace his line back to a rebellious crowd that said, we want to live where cattle can survive. We ain't worried about Canaan. Somebody say amen. They, they want to stay on the wrong side of Jordan and it, and it affected their descendants. Y'all listen to this preacher. But God thought enough of that crowd that he put three cities on that side of Jordan and three cities 
on the Canaan side. I'm telling you, if you get out of sorts with God, he's got a place you can run to. Amen. It's a place of protection. It's a place of safety. It's a place of security. And though you're guilty, amen, as long as that priest lives, you're safe. Oh, but they say, hey, there's only six. That didn't make sense to me. But then I read in Hebrews chapter number six. Amen. And this is what the Bible says. In Hebrews chapter number six. Amen. He says this. Amen. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. What's that? That by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul. Both sure and steadfast. Which entereth into that within the veil. Whether the forerunner is for us entered even Jesus. Hey, can I tell you today. He is the high priest that will never die. So you're safe forever. You're secure forever. And he's not just the priest. Thank God he's the place. Hey, he's the city of refuge. It don't matter what country you're born in. You might have been born down in Jericho. Might have been born in Sin City. But there's a city. Hey, man, his name is Jesus. And you're safe. Run, run, flee from the fires of hell and from the wickedness of your past life and run, slide into Jesus. Hey, man, he's the seventh city of refuge. And boy, them, my mind really got thinking. And I went over our New Testament, brother, and I, I love that woman at the whale. Y'all know I like that. I like talking about that woman at the whale. I mean, she's just coming meandering, coming at a time when other people wasn't going to be there. They knew what she knew, what every woman thought about her. She knew what all men thought about her. Hey, man, everybody knew what kind of woman. And in that day, it was sure enough bad to get a divorce, but she'd done been married five times. Hey, man, been married five times. And now she's shacked up with a sixth man. Are y'all looking up here to a preacher? I'm telling you, that woman at the well, she'd done met six men who couldn't give her what she's looking for. Couldn't give her the life. Couldn't give her the love. But that day at the well, brother, hey, hey, thank God she is going to meet man number seven. Hey, man. <laughs> Woo! And know what happened when she got her thirst quenched. You know what happened when she realized his man number seven. Hey, man, what'd she do? She went and told the men of the city. <laughs> said, come see a man he's the man I've been looking for hey he's the one that gave me the life I've been longing for he gave me the love I've been longing for and what other men couldn't give I'm glad I met the Messiah all you men know who I am all you folks know what kind of woman I hey come see a man he'll change your life and the whole city got stirred up and they got saved I say amen Woo! Hey, something about that number seven. He's the seventh man. He's the seventh wagon. He's the seventh city of refuge. And then I got to thinking, Brother Lander, I might miss something back yonder. So I went back there and got to thinking about old Enoch. Because the Bible says that Enoch's the seventh man <laughs> from Adam. Amen. And Enoch is a type of Christ. It said about Enoch, it said about Enoch in Hebrews 11 that he pleased God. 
It pleased the Father to bruise Jesus on Calvary for your sin and mine. I know somebody else that pleased the God of heaven. Somebody help me. Hey, he's, the seventh man is a type and a picture of Christ. If you look at Jude, it says about Enoch that when he returns, he's going to return with 10,000 of saints. <laughs> oh, I'm glad when he comes back, he's coming back with a crowd. Somebody help me. Hey, Christ's future is foretold. His returns foretold. And we're coming back with him. Amen. I mean, I love this, Brother Lender. Amen. Enoch, thank God, has another, amen, typology of Christ. His tomb's empty. <laughs> Woo! I say amen. His tomb's empty. They can't find him. I say hallelujah. Amen. I'll shout for everybody. I thank God. Hey, something about that seven. Amen. Woo, I got some help about that. I got thinking about Christ. I said, there's something about creation in there. I know there is. And so I went back and thought about it, brother uh, Jared. And I found this in Genesis 2-3. It goes all the way back. The first time the number seven's used in the Bible, it's dealing with creation. Now think about this. Christ is pictured as the seventh day. Here's what he said in Genesis 2-3. And God blessed the seventh day and he sanctified it <laughs> because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. You say, preacher, that don't really help me. Well, let me think about this then. Hebrews chapter four, verse number eight. For if Jesus had given, hey, for talking about Joshua had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. Verse nine, then there, there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works as God did from his. So let us labor therefore to enter into his rest. Let any man fall after the same example of him. You say, preacher, what do you say? And, uh, hey, on the seventh day, the work was, uh, on six days, the work was being done. Uh, and on the seventh day, the work was completed. Uh, and on the seventh day, they rested. Uh, and can I say, uh, Jesus, when he died at Calvary, uh, he didn't say, I'm finished. Uh, he didn't say, they finished me. Uh, he said, it is finished. Uh, the work's done. Uh, woo! I've gave my life. Uh, I died so you could live. Uh, I became sin uh, so you could become righteous. Uh, I say, Hallelujah. The Creator dying for creation. Well, bless the Lord, my soul. Hebrews 4 talks about a rest for the people of God. I'm glad there is a rest. Hey, you can cease from your own works. It's not works that gets you saved, it's the Redeemer that saves you. Amen. Good works don't save you, but thank God when you go to the cross, amen, it'll be good works that follows you back home. If you don't believe me, ask Zacchaeus. Amen. When he met the Lord, he went to giving away all that money he stole. Somebody say amen. Old BB was blessed when Zacchaeus got saved. Amen. Woo! Somebody help me. I'm telling you, seventh day, Jesus is that seventh day. There's something about this seventh wagon. There's something about that. Uh, he's the seventh man. He's the seventh day. Uh, amen. He's that seventh man in uh, that woman at the well's life. And then I, I looked at Exodus in chapter 21 and verse 2. It says this, if thou buy a Hebrew servant, 
in six years he shall serve thee. And on the seventh, he shall go out free for nothing. Jesus sets us free by way of spiritual jubilee. Somebody say amen. Hey, I'm talking about you as captive. Hey, man, you were sold under your own debt and you had no way to pay your way out of it. Hey, man, and thank God, here come jubilee year. Ain't you glad there's an appointed time and an appointed place on Calvary that day of Golgotha's hill? It's split time and eternity. That's when eternity invaded time. Amen. And we measure time from the cross back and from the cross forward. Hey, in over 2,000 years, his blood ain't lost an ounce of his power. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood. Hey, I'm glad. What makes me whole again? Nothing but the blood. I say hallelujah. He set me free. He set me free. We are the Lord's freemen today. Woo! I say amen. Thank God we've been set free, y'all. Amen. Then I got to think about old numbers. Chapter eight, got to read over our next chapter. And, and y'all know, y'all have heard me say this. Amen. But it's got that candlestick in it. The only light in the tabernacle. Amen. Hey, has that candlestick, three branches, three branches. That's seven stems. Somebody say amen. Jesus is the light of the world. He said in John chapter 8 verse 12, I am the light of the world. He that uh, followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Uh, oh, can I say today, uh, thank God he is the light of the world. Uh, and the seven lights on the candlestick uh, and Christ is that middle candlestick. Uh, he's that man in the middle. Uh, amen. And we only shine uh, because we're branched out of his life. Somebody help me. That candlestick's beaten out of pure gold. All the other tabernacle furniture is shotham wood overlaid with gold. But that's pure gold. Hey man, beaten work. And because Christ is beaten, hey man, he can give light to the world. Hey man, hey man, them, them olives were put in the press and they gave fuel for anointing and they gave fuel for the fire because of the pressure and the agony that they went through. Oh, I'm telling you, if you measure the bowls, the almonds, hey, man, and the cut, if you measure all of them, they 66 total. I've told you, that's the living word. That's the written word. Oh, I'm glad today I can say that seven is a picture of Christ. All through the Bible, he's dropped little handfuls on purpose. And then I got over there in Ruth. Y'all know it's, Dangerous for me to get over in Ruth. I go over in Ruth, brother. Woo! Chapter number one. Whew. They six people mentioned. Chapter number one. Six people named. The seventh one, the seventh person shows up in chapter two. Guess who he is? You guessed it, Boaz. <laughs> Woo! Seventh person mentioned in Ruth is Boaz. And y'all know all about Boaz. He, he, Boaz is the redeemer that came from Bethlehem. <laughs> Somebody hold my mule. He, oh, Lord have mercy. Y'all know, know who Boaz is. He's that one that's related. 
Amen. He's that one that's rich. Hey, he's that one that's ready. Hallelujah. Y'all know I'm right. He's a picture of our Redeemer. Hey, he had to be the nearest of kin. Hey, to be able to pay the redemptive price and be the kinsman Redeemer. He had to be ready to pay it. He had to be rich enough to pay it. He had to be willing enough. He had to be able. Oh, thank God. You had to be ready. Hey, what the law. There was one closer to them, closer to her kin. See, that's the law. And the law can't do nothing for the Gentile. And the law can't do nothing. Hey, man, but show us our sin. Hey, man, but thanks be unto God. It's that second man that's able. It's always been the second birth, not the first birth. It wasn't Esau, it was Jacob. Somebody help me. Great God in heaven. All through the Bible, Joseph Youngins. Amen. All through the scripture, it's not our first birth. It's the second birth that made in the second man that was able. He's a picture of grace. He's a picture of the real. Hey, when the law said you ought to go to hell, ain't you glad Jesus said you don't have to go to hell. I've gone save you. I've gone fulfill the law. I'll say cross every T, dot every I, so you can believe me and go to heaven. I'll say amen. Then I got to thinking, ain't all he is in Ruth, but I can't get hung up there. And I said, well, what else is there? Well, Christ is the complete measure of barley. He's the, look with me in Ruth 3, you can listen, verse 15. Also he said, bring the veil that thou hast. Y'all remember this? Ruth's going in there, laying at his feet. She's going to leave blessed. <laughs> Well, when you get at his feet, you'll leave blessed. Amen. Amen. She had nothing to bring, but she had everything to gain. Amen. And she brought, he said, bring the veil and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six measures of barley and he laid it on her. And she went to the city. Amen. And when she came to her mother-in-law, she said, who art thou? She said, you done been with him. I don't even recognize you. <laughs> when you get to where Jesus is, your friends won't even know who you are. Your family won't know who you are. They'll say, my God, who are thou? Hey, man, you won't come back empty neither. Look what she said. He said, she said, these six measures of barley he gave me, for he said, go not empty into thy mother-in-law. I'm glad, thank God, church, he's the full measure. He is the bread of life. Hey, man, they can eat that bread and live for a little while. But Jesus said, I am that bread of life. Amen. He that eats of me, I shall ever live. I'm glad, thank God, that we partook of him. He is the bread of life that not just sustains our life, but gave us life. Amen. Amen. Jesus said, Amen. I lay my down freely. This is the body which's going to be broken for you. Oh, I thank God for the bread of life. He's the full measure of barley. There's a whole lot more in there. Let me, let me get over here, these last two. Hey, Mark chapter number four, y'all know that story. That's when God made the first submarine. Y'all remember that, don't you? Boat full of water and still sailing. That's got to be a submarine. <laughs> water on it, water around it. Well, amen. That thing's full of water and still sailing. I'm glad my ship can't go down with Jesus on board. Somebody say amen. 
I know them other ships probably look fancy. They had parties going on, carnivals. I mean, they, hey, one of them probably had a love boat on it. But the Bible said there was one of them, they took Jesus even as he was. You ain't going to change Jesus to fit you. You're going to have to take him like he is. And they took him even as he was. And you know what he said? He said, he said we're going to go to the other side. Y'all know the story. And said he was asleep. He was resting in the midst of what had them restless. Hey, he, hey, he was at peace when they were perplexed. Are y'all? He saw light when they saw darkness. And we say, why? How do you say that? Job says the darkness is just as light as the light is to him. I say, Amen. It don't hinder him saying, Amen. And I'm thinking about Jesus being asleep. They turned to every word, did everything they could. Hey, man, they done that. They in the middle of that storm can't go nowhere. They stuck in the middle and finally wake Jesus, and he steps up on the bow of that ship, and he says, Peace be still. Hey, man, he probably told the wind before he got on there. He said, now, I know when I made you see, I told y'all this day was going to come. I want y'all to really get with it. Yeah. And he probably looked at the wind and said, I got to teach these boys a lesson. I just fed the multitude, and they ain't really getting it yet. And so I'm gonna, I got to put them through a storm before they can really trust me. Yeah. I've got to watch them, what tears them, what troubles them. <laughs> I can sleep. <laughs> oh, oh, y'all, oh, y'all, Lord, have mercy. Hey, listen now. I, what, what are you saying, preacher? Think about this. Think about this. If you trust Job's friends, I don't trust them all the time, but every once in a while, even somebody that don't know what they're talking about gets it right. Here's what Job's friend says. Amen. Hallelujah. He shall deliver thee in six troubles, yea, in seven there shall no evil touch thee. You say, preacher, what? I'm saying it don't matter what troubles you're going through in your life. Thank God he ain't going to let the evil touch you. Hey, man, I'm talking about knowing his wife. I was in the worst storm in history, and the waves beat the boat, but the water never touched them. Don't believe Hollywood. They wasn't sticking corks in holes. Somebody say amen. That thing was pitched within and without. Uh, that thing looked like a red, had looked like a red bean floating down through the world. Uh, it was pitched. That's a crimson color. It wasn't black in color. It was a deep maroon pitch. It looked like blood. Uh, had a little old bloody boat riding down through there. Uh, it don't matter how high it gets. Uh, thank God somehow they, they got peace in there. All the animals are in their nest. Uh, everything stuck in its place. Uh, hey man, and Noah and his wife, uh, who don't ever see them having a nervous breakdown. They didn't have to say, hey, God, have mercy. I mean, they, in the worst storm, God was in the boat with them because he said, come thou and all the house in the ark. And then he said, go. So he rode it out with them. He was trying to show them disciples. When you think you're troubled, hey man, Job's friends even realized it. That six times, I mean, trouble comes one time, two times, three times, four times, five. I mean, you feel like you, but on the seventh time, you might get it and evil will never touch you. Hey, can I say this? He is the peace in your storm. All you need is for him to speak. <laughs> hey, hey, all you need is for him to speak. Man, there's a lot more. Let me just give you one more. Let me give you one more, church. Can y'all, can y'all, can I give you one more? Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. Lastly, these seven people 
seven. That, you can't tell me all this is coincidence. It, it ain't going to happen. One or two times maybe. But he's the wagon that can handle your load. He provides everything you need to worship. He's the city that you can run for refuge to. Somebody say amen. He's the full measure of barley. He's the bread of life. He's the seventh man that'll give you love and life like that woman at the well. Amen. <laughs> Woo! Hey, he's the light of the world. Amen. Hammer, because his beating, light can be given. Somebody say amen. Hey, I, I'm, I'm telling you, how through about six troubles, seven, it don't matter what comes your way, he is your peace in the storm. But let me say this, there's seven people raised from death in the Bible. Seven. The first one, y'all remember him? Elijah, I remember that one. Uh, Elijah raised Jer, uh, that one down at Jeripah's son. That Gentile widow woman raised him from the dead. Y'all remember that? And, I, and I, won't, I won't spend no time there, but that's a great truth in that. Amen. Woo! Hey, thank God. Elisha, Elisha, he raised number two and number three from the dead. He raised that widow Shulamite's son over in 2 Kings 4, 18 through 37. Y'all remember he was out there in the head and said, oh, my head, out there in the field and said, oh, my head, and he died. And, and then Elisha raised him from the dead. But then uh, he died. <laughs> Amen. And his bones was placed in the grave. Y'all, now, now, y'all catch this. Hey, through his death, he brought life to somebody else. <laughs> Some. Amen, preacher. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God. That's exactly right. I'm talking about through his death brought life. Hey, they throw them bones in there. Amen. Thank God I had his name written there. You know what they say, tradition says his name was? That man raised from the dead, his name was Shalom. He revived when he was dead and fell. He's the one that fell to death. Amen. Amen. It, it says this. Uh, that if, if, if he, when he fell and got put in Elisha's tomb, uh, uh, that he went on to have a son and the son became a mighty warrior. Hey, can I say this? Uh, hey, it don't matter. It don't matter who they are. We don't have to know their name. But I know because Jesus died and he was buried, uh, hey man, because of his death, he brings life possibility to every sinner that will repent. And when God draws you, you better come. Uh, you don't have to understand all the gospel. Oh, you've got to realize that this whole volume of this whole book is trying to point us to Jesus. They six wagons, but he's seven. They six cities, but he's seven. Hey, man. They six measures, but he's the real bread. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hallelujah. There's branches, but he's the real candlestick. Hallelujah. All through there, he's the peace in your storm. But all these people that was raised, that was three in the Old Testament. Elijah. Elisha raised two. Elijah raised one. And and then Jesus comes on the scene and he raised Jairus' daughter. Y'all remember that? Hey man, he raises Jairus' daughter, Mark 5. He raises the widow and Nahum's uh, son. Y'all remember that? He'd been dead just a little bit longer and so you got dead and deader. <laughs> and then you go to Lazarus' tomb. He's been dead four days. He's the deadest. But can I say this? Hey man, all we have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And ye have the quickened who were dead. And everybody 
somebody in this building was dead and you might be dead or you might be deader or you might be deadest and you might have been dead for five years or you might have been dead for 50 years or you might be the deadest been dead for 80 years but God can still raise you from the dead. He came to give life. He said I am the resurrection and the life. And so there's six people, three in the Old Testament and them three, Lazarus, Nahum, widow, son and Jairus' daughter. But thank God here come the seventh man. And when he got up, and when he died, he conquered death and he conquered hell and he conquered the grave. Woo! And when he got up, there's life evermore. All them others died again. But Jesus said, behold, I'm alive at the keys of hell and death. He'll never die again. He tasted death for you, sinner. He tasted death for you. He tasted death for you. He is buried for you. But he got up for you. He was delivered for your offenses. But he was raised for your justification. He's the seventh man that got up. Amen. He completed it. He's divine perfection. Woo! There's something about number seven. Amen. Seth's going to come. Dwayne's going to lead us. And just as I am. I want to ask you this. You troubled today? He's the peace in your storm. 